This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. to Better Late Than Never, a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before. After we watch the movie, my guest will decide if it was better late, like they've been missing out on not having seen the film, or never. The movie didn't quite live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. Today, I am joined by my friend Erin, and we're going to be discussing a movie that she's never seen... Ghostbusters. Woo. So, Erin. Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. You've never seen Ghostbusters. I have not. And I imagine you get that a lot? Yeah, I would say. Uh, pretty much every time. Why, why have you not seen Ghostbusters? That's a really good question. Um... I don't really know. I guess it just kind of always slipped through the cracks or, you know, if I was like, hey, let's watch Ghostbusters, everyone would say, oh, I've seen that. But it wasn't like you were avoiding it or your parents never let you watch it as a kid. Certainly not. I watched many inappropriate films at a young age. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so Ghostbusters is a film that has penetrated the culture at large quite a bit. What do you know about Ghostbusters? Or what do you think you know about Ghostbusters? Well, wait, before we even do that, this is the critical question. Yes. Can you sing the song? Not well. But you know it? Of course. That would be the number, that's the first thing I would say. It's the music. It's, I don't know, maybe. Well, let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And so, and you know who to call. Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, who is it? It's the Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, but you got to say it with a certain amount of enthusiasm. Ghostbusters! Yeah. No, it sounds super fun. I'm expecting a really fun time. All right. Well, all right. So, but what do you think it's about? Like, what do you think happens in the movie? Um. Apart from the fact that there are ghosts and they bust. I feel like it's a story of, you know, a bunch of... Um, like a group of guys that are all kind of bizarre loners in one way or another. They form a ragtag team and, I don't know, same, some sort of like female character, maybe like a April from, mm, from, from, Ninja Turtles. from Ninja Turtles. Like I can picture her being right. a person in this, although I, don't, I really don't know. Do you know everyone, who's in the movie, like as actors? I know Dan Aykroyd's in it, and mm-hmm. I know... Uh, Bill Murray's in it, mm-hmm. and then 
what's his name? Moran, Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis, yeah. Is he in it? Ooh. Yeah, he's in it. Okay. And then another guy. There is another guy. There's, yeah, there's four. There's four people, right? I know that from, from the Halloween costumes. Okay, so you seen? Did you ever have any of the toys? Did you see those? Those were pretty omnipresent for a while. No, I didn't really tend to have toys from movies. I didn't see. Mm. I always remember. So when I was a kid, I will admit that while I've seen Ghostbusters, I came to Ghostbusters kind of late in life, so it doesn't have the same kind of um, impact for me. You know, people who saw it as a kid are like, oh my god, Ghostbusters, it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen. It's one of the all-time great... And I like it a lot, and maybe it is a great film, but it just doesn't have that. But, but, one thing that I do remember is that the Ghostbusters toys mm-hmm. were fucking awesome. There was the car, the Ecto-1 toy, which I think was actually a tie-in for the cartoon and not for the movie. Do you remember the cartoon? No, I didn't even know there was a cartoon. I saw the cartoon before I saw the movie. There oh. was a cartoon, Saturday morning cartoons. It was like the new Ghostbusters and the new extreme Ghostbusters, whatever. And this is how you're familiar. Are you familiar with the character of Slimer? Is he the cute Pillsbury boy? He is not. Oh, okay. He's green. He's like meh. Yes. That guy? He's the meh guy. You might remember him, even if you haven't seen the film or didn't play with the toys, you might remember him as the logo for High C Ecto Cooler, the Capri Sun. So you never had the Capri Sun as a kid in your lunchbox? No. You're familiar with Capri Sun, though. Yeah. I really kind of... Well, that's a start. I missed out on box lunches a lot when I was a kid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you miss out on lunches or was it just box lunches? You know, lunches? that's not what this podcast is about, so. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're just like, what, standing outside the line at school begging for food? I was actually raised by wolves, but. Well, now this is starting to make a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Long story short, there was a very popular Ghostbusters cartoon. I saw that first. Then what I saw after that was Ghostbusters 2. You skipped the first one? I Sacrilege. did. And a lot of people do give me shit about this. And while I can intellectually recognize that Ghostbusters 1 is better than Ghostbusters 2, that personal kind of visceral love for the film, I have that for Ghostbusters 2. Interesting. Ghostbusters. And it's because I watched it a ton as a kid. The thing was, I used to visit my grandfather a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And at his place... He had a VHS player and three tapes. The Sound of Music, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters 2. Sure, and I would I would pick Ghostbusters 2 every time. I also did. Uh, that being said, I'm pretty familiar with Sound of Music and We're Back, <laughs> A Dinosaur Story, because I've watched all three of those films about 2,000 times apiece. So, anyway, long story short, I love Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 is pretty damn good i haven't seen it i i can understand that though i'm the only person on earth that likes back to the future three the best because i you like that it. one the best yeah because it just reminds me it has that visceral childhood yeah. feeling attached to it you saw it as a kid it many many like times did back right. then yeah, I, no, I mean I i've it. seen all of them many times but the third one is certainly not the most popular no i mean you're my wrong favorite. but i get it Mm. Just the way I'm wrong about Ghostbusters too, but 
I'm living my truth. Get in my fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so at, we're going to watch this movie in a few minutes. Sure. How much has this film been hyped for you? Like, have people constantly been telling you how great it is? Like, has it been built up? Certainly. I mean, I know people with fucking tattoos of this movie sure. on their bodies. Um, is it the logo? The X'd Out Ghost? Yes, it is. Else? I've, I've just the X'd Out Ghost, I believe. Mm. Um, it's I a cool know. logo. Yeah, sure. It, good enough. I do think it'll be interesting to see it past my childhood and right. see how that affects it. But yes, it's been very hyped up. Definitely expecting to enjoy the music. Um, I'm interested to see what sort of if there is like an April character because I just feel like it fits for some reason. Sure. I mean, you also mentioned the ragtag team. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like especially for that era, like the 1980s, the ragtag team was a pretty pretty popular uh, formation for a cast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm expecting to see that. Um, I'm expecting Bill Murray to be funny. He usually is. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Unless he's doing that, like, lost in translation, depressed Bill Murray character. Sure, which sure. Which I, I don't think he's going to... I'm picturing him more of, like, a Caddyshack hmm. Bill Murray in this movie. So, we'll see. All right. All right. So, those are your hopes. Do you have any, like, predictions? Like, specific things that you think are going to happen in this movie? You know, things that you've seen on TV that you expect or... You know, just from hearing about it, what do you what do you think is going to go on? It can either be plot points or characters or anything. I don't know. I feel like I want to know if that big Pillsbury Doughboy is good or evil. I'm curious to know that. Mm. Uh, is there going to be a friendly ghost, mm-hmm. sort of like a gizmo? Right. Of yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, um, who helps them? Which one of the ragtag team will have the uh, romantic? Storyline. Well, you mentioned you know that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are both in it. Yeah, there's really not a, <laughs> a looker in the bunch that no. I can think of. So <laughs> I feel like they've got to put in a love story, but who who's gonna get that? Who do you think that? So you you felt like there was an April O'Neil character. Do you have any thoughts on who might have been good for that? Who would you have cast as the April O'Neil in Ghostbusters? Is Sigourney Weaver in this movie? I don't know, maybe. I feel like now I'm remembering Sigourney Weaver being in this movie. Sigourney Weaver is in the film. I'm sorry if I'm saying her first name wrong. I never say it correctly. How do you say it? Don't worry about it. Let's... No, no, I, <laughs> yeah, but we got to record this forever and S- ever. Sigourney? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I just copied what you just said, but that's mm. fine. I didn't really add the R. Uh, Sigourney Weaver could work. <laughs> yeah, I bet it would. <laughs> I literally just remembered that. Which I feel like I remember her face on the cover of the movie poster. Uh, who else would be a good female lead? I mean, she's an obvious choice, having been the star of Alien, mm. which I have now seen. Because she has experience with, like, nightmare creatures. Right, yeah. And she's a strong, independent woman. So she let's, sure is. Let's see how that plays out. Any other predictions? Let me think. Oh, I expect there to be some... Sur- I'm, I'm curious to see who the bad guy humans are. Yeah, what do you think the bad guy humans will be? I don't know. If I'm thinking about the 80s, I feel like maybe it's going to be like 
CEO of a company and he's just like trying to capitalize on right you're like slobs versus snobs yeah yeah the ragtag team versus the corporate sellouts yeah that's what I would if I'm basing it purely on like 80 80s tropes that's sort of what I would picture all right so you think someone is gonna try and buy them out or like be a corporate ghostbuster yeah some sort of corporate evil entity is what I picture interesting yeah, uh, just based on, you know, like slicked back hair. And of course. Suspenders. Suspenders. Yeah, Pat- a Patrick Bateman type. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But, ha- oh, maybe played by like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, he was the best villain in Dexter. He plays Winston Churchill in The Crown. I haven't seen The Crown. Uh, Daryl Oldman just played Winston Churchill. No, but he would be, he's the best villain in ever, ever, forever. Who was he in Dexter? He was the serial killer in, from season four. I'm so annoyed. John I'm, Lithgow? Yes. John Lithgow. Yeah, okay. I feel like he would play like a fantastic 80s corporate villain. Mm-hmm. He's not in it, is it? It's not like my dream cast, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> John Lithgow is not in it, but, um, you know. Maybe someday if they keep making reboots and sequels. Oh, that's another... Did you see the uh, 2016 all-female reboot? I have not seen that either, so I'm totally Mm. blind. Okay. Going in totally blind. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, even if you had... There's similarities, but it's not like a beat-for-beat remake. It's a little different, so you'd still be, you know, pretty good for seeing it Do they have... I'm just curious. Do they have, like, a male April in the female Ghostbusters? Sort of. Interesting. Okay. Um, Chris Hemsworth is in it. Oh. And, um... He well, reminds me so much of Sigourney Weaver. I say that all the time. I get him confused. Yeah. Like, when I was watching Thor, mm-hmm. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Sigourney Weaver is the greatest action hero of our times, you know? <laughs> Ripley, now this. <laughs> yeah, so... And afterwards, someone was like, no, that's actually this guy, Chris Hemsworth. I was like, What? <laughs> They are both probably about the same height because Sigourney Weaver is insanely tall, sure. as you're about to see when we watch this movie. Ooh, so maybe not Rick Moranis as her male romantic interest since he's insanely short? Well, Aaron, let's find out. Okay. All right, let's watch this thing. And we'll be right back. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. (laughs) Ghostbusters. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. Your girlfriend? lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Ghostbusters, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Ghostbusters! Something strange. In the neighborhood, who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! 
Am I supposed to be singing with you? I'm sorry. I mean, it's up to you. Uh, you know, I was pretty hyped on the film coming out of it. Yeah, 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 it's me got too. That great, great song. Uh, that song really, really carries the film through. I mean, it's it's one of the all-time great theme songs. And it gets stuck in your head, too. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's real catchy. So, here we are, part two. We are back from having just finished watching Ghostbusters from 1984. Aaron, I think to start it off, we should check and see uh, how did your predictions pan out? So, okay. what did we have for predictions from you? So, what I have written down is, um, well, f- before we get to a prediction, even was a question Was the Doughboy good or evil? Uh, he appears to be evil, and I did not realize he was not the Doughboy, but a. He is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Right. Yeah, I, I actually find him to be a drastic improvement on the Pillsbury Doughboy. I think he's a lot cooler looking. It seems appropriate that you would feed me my first peep. Oh my god, yes. During... Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, today is a very special day. And it's because we are bringing to you not just one Better Late Than Never. No, we are bringing you two Better Late Than Nevers today. A two for one. Because not only did I show Erin Ghostbusters for the first time today, I also just gave her her first peep. Yeah, first two, actually. Well, well, you must have liked them then. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who somehow don't know what a peep is, it is a delicious marshmallow snack that is only around during Easter time. And I can't believe you've lived your entire life without even trying one. Yeah, it just never appealed to me before. Did your family celebrate Easter? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And so, but We're you all have... chocolate. We're a chocolate family. Yeah, I know, but like, I just feel like peeps are all around. You never even just like tried one? No, I really didn't. I... Wow, okay. Well, it's all so... chocolate bunnies for me. All right, well, so today Erin had her first peep, and Erin, what did you think? Sorry. Zai. <laughs> okay. Zai. Yeah, I don't know. I like them a lot, and uh, I have a lot of them around the house because Easter just happened. And they were super cheap, so of course I bought tons of them. They should call them cheaps. Ooh, you should you should tell the marketing department. I'll tell them about that for their post Easter sales. So, other predictions. Um, was Bill Murray? Did he turn out to be a good choice for the romantic lead? What did you think of that? Oh well. You seem to have some thoughts during the course of the film about his, uh, certainly about his flirting technique. Do you want to get pretty, into that? Sure. I mean, it just he's pretty. He was pretty aggressive. He was very aggressive. Uh, I think I would probably file that under dated, but I don't know. Maybe there would be a character like him today. It's actually I'm actually not sure. But yeah, he made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, he comes on to Dana Barrett very, very strong. Quite strong. Yeah. And uh, I so does uh, Rick Moranis's character, but for some reason I find him adorable, and I find. Vankman's character, a little, a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's a technique that would fly today. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. I definitely loved the uh, romance between evil Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver the yeah, most. That was cute. It, you know, and you got to see, uh, you know, that 
that great height disparity. Yeah. The two of them. They really, uh, yeah. So really emphasize that. All right. What else did you have as a prediction? Uh, do they get helped by a friendly ghost? Not they really. do not. No. But they do. That sounds like good sequel material. Maybe I guess we'll we'll check out Ghostbusters two at some point and see if that flies. So I, I mentioned earlier that the cartoon happened, and I looked it up during the movie. It was the real Ghostbusters mm-hmm. was the name of the cartoon, and that so that ran after Ghostbusters one came out. And the big thing about the real Ghostbusters was the green ghost who they named Slimer. Mm-hmm. He was like the friendly ghost on that cartoon show, not in the movie, but in the cartoon, he sort of became like their mascot. He like lived in the firehouse and oh, was like okay. a pet, you know? Interesting. Yeah, and so, and so that had like a, whole, a big impact on like, you know, he was basically to be cute and sell toys to kids. But by the time Ghostbusters 2 rolls back around, Slimer's been slightly revamped. I see. From he, you know, he's, he's, His character is more a sequel to how he was in the cartoon than how he was in the uh the first movie in the first movie all yeah. right but um anywho what else um so our bad guy yeah he was an evil slick 80s type yes but he wasn't corporate he wasn't he worked for the environmental protection agency the big bad of the movie. Yeah. Walter Peck and the EPA. God damn the EPA. <laughs> that is definitely the name of my new band. <laughs> Walter Peck and the EPAs. Um, I mean, he's he's slimy. And he. you mentioned, actually, during the movie, even though he's not corporate, he is wearing a suit. I think not just w- a suit. A three-piece That's suit. That's right. And that definitely marks him off as being evil, at least for the purposes of this movie. Mm-hmm. And you point out that he... He's not a corporate, you know, sellout, but he is the man. Mm-hmm. He is the man. So, you know, I see he has the right look. I always thought he looked a lot like Hans Gruber. Sure. Yeah, of. I can see that. Just sort of the way the actor looks. But, um, you know, <laughs> I always just thought it was funny that the bad guy in this film is... The EPA. The EPA, yeah. They're always, you know... It's such a Republican message, the EPA always screwing things up for <laughs> a small independent business. Right. I feel like that's not intentional, but... Yeah, I don't think that... That's another dated piece, I think. I don't think the EPA would be the villain in a movie that came out today. I don't know. It's actually interesting, because now I would like to see the 2016 remake. And who the bad guy is? Yeah. Well, not to give anything away, but the bad guy in the 2016 one is certainly a much more contemporary type. Okay. Um, Ooh, I bet it's a female... Well, I'm not going to say. But, um, so, uh, unless, did you write down any other predictions? Did we miss any? Uh, no, just the April character, which I, I knew, I think, more. And that kind of fit into what you were thinking it would be, right? Yeah, for sure. More or less, yeah. I mean, I would have liked her to be a hard-hitting news reporter. I think that would have been. Uh, as opposed to a cellist. Right. Yeah, she is She is a damsel in this. Mm. But, um. Well, all right, we'll circle back to that, and we'll get back to the dated thing, too, because I guess now that we're through the predictions, we'll get into the actual movie. So just for starters, and not to answer the central question of the podcast yet, but generally speaking, what did you think? I I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I was trying to figure it out genre-wise. It's certainly a comedy. It is, but it is a little... 
it's a little dry for a comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I was thinking this too, watching it. Did you find this film scary? No, but it had scary elements in it. It was mm-hmm. a little, a little too PG-13. I don't know. It had PG-13 elements of it. Do you mean that to say PG-13 is a little tame or PG-13 is a little not tame? A little not tame because I picture it kind of like a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And it definitely uh, certainly had aspects that are a little more adult right. in it that I wasn't expecting. Well, that's sort of what I was thinking about when you were thinking of the genre. Because when I first saw it, you know, like I said, I didn't see it as a child, but I was still relatively young when I saw it. And... You know, I didn't find it scary, but there are parts in the movie that I found scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote a couple of them down as I was remembering. So the opening scene in the library, mm-hmm. the brief haunting. As a child, true. these things might right, scare me. Right, yeah, as, as a younger person. Also seeing it for the first time and, you know, stuff like that. Um, the first instance of Zool in Dana's apartment when the eggs are cooking and mm-hmm. she sees the monster in the fridge and then of course the attack on dana sure when she gets possessed is that was very pretty freaky. pretty scary yeah and you saw the thing that i always see every time i watch this movie <laughs> which is that one of the monsters is clearly grabbing her boob yeah just really gripping on to that <laughs> yeah it's pretty obvious but um I, I i do find that scene to be pretty a pretty scary attack you know like the the arms ripping through and then like the Mm -hmm. way it like brings her screaming into the room as it's the door slams so pretty nuts and then um dana as uh possessed dana as zool her voice changing and you know oh yeah the animal sounds coming out of her that part was uh by far the scariest part i think yeah there is no dana only zool right had you ever heard that phrase before no, I have not. Okay, because that's one of the, the like Big classic Ghostbusters ones. references. There's no Dana, only Zool. I see. Yeah, I can see that. That part was the scariest, uh, especially when she's making that kind of clenched smile. It was mm-hmm. very exorcism and like a Yeah, she has good, good possessed way. face. She does have good possessed face. I, uh, I really like Sigourney Weaver as Zool in this. And yeah. part of it is... Uh, I, I don't personally tend to find Sigourney Weaver very attractive, but as Zool, I think she's very attractive. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, it's a sexy outfit, and she's being very seductive. Oh, no, but... Zool, Zool knows how to do her makeup, like, really well. It is really good makeup, right? right. And her hair's really working. Yeah. You know, I just, I think it's Sigourney Weaver's best look. Sure. As far as what I can remember. Oh, I also noticed during the attack, and so you saw Aliens for the first time recently. Alien, yes. Oh, Alien, right. Um... Sigourney Weaver constantly getting attacked by nightmare stuff while undressing. That's sort of a that can be. I'm sure that's a whole sub porn. Uh, probably, I don't especially know. Sigourney Weaver undressing as some monster is about to come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So um, we talked about the soundtrack too. I like the soundtrack to this film, and I don't just mean the butter. I feel like you always want me to join in, and I'm just not gonna. <sighs> we'll, we'll, I'll keep working on you. It'll it'll happen eventually. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. There we go. Woo! All right. But I don't know. I mean, yes, it's it is a very '80s soundtrack. But I don't know. I liked it. You weren't a fan? I, I really love that theme song. I think it's great, but I really found that to be the only compelling part of the soundtrack. Mm, all right. Well, as with a lot of things for me, I tend to kind of like the 
soundtracky parts of Ghostbusters 2 a little bit more than that's that's okay there is one song in particular in Ghostbusters 2 that I really really like and if we ever wind up watching that you will see what I mean sure I just I felt while watching the movie I would have re redone the score I wish like that's kind of a movie I would like to you know you you do like a dream recasting I feel like I would have done a and so uh, so at the end um you mentioned that about Gozer too um, oh right, yes, David I, Bowie. Yeah, I saw it. You know, you as you saw Gozer come out, you're like, you know who this should be. And the first thing in my mind, I was like, David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, David Bowie would have been great. But I do really like Gozer as she is in sure. this film. She, Gozer's got a cool design. And I like the whole like David Bowie look. Yeah, the David Bowie look. Yeah. It really works, and yeah, just sure. the voice is like you know, it's creepy without being overpowering. Right. It just yeah, and it's kind of unique. Like it's got it's not just like deep and booming and scary. It's like kind of like harsh. So know, like, Gozer comes back then. Oh, I can't say. I see. There's a sequel, but I don't know if it's Gozer. Maybe it's someone else. That's fine. That's fair. I do like how um, they defeat Gozer in the end by combining their extremely phallic. They Lee cross place. the streams. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, well, they are, uh, and they're also... It's like, all we just, had to do was combine our dick power. Yeah, and then they overcome that chick god. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. There's a lot of interesting little... Yeah, well, all right, and... I guess we should uh, just jump right into that. So, you mentioned a few times elements of this film that have not aged very well, and mm-hmm. among those are, well, one... Everybody's smoking in this movie. Right. I actually find that kind of interesting to see mm-hmm. now. But, um, and they're all smoking inside. Right. And it's like, you know, smoke, but like, do it outside. It's going <laughs> to stink up the house. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, there's the gender politics, which we started on sure. with Venkman and Dana, and the racial politics. Yes. Yeah. You are not alone in thinking that Winston really gets short shrift. Who? Winston. Who? Oh, yeah, exactly. He doesn't come in until very late. Right. And he is, I'm so, I am don't know who this man is. Like, who is he? He gets very short change. He's, Just well, like, hey, he is up, the fourth Ghostbuster. Yeah. And you, Great. No, you notice, too, the other three guys are all scientists, and Winston doesn't get any kind of scientific background. He's just sort of like a guy they hire. Yeah. He's just there. I don't know anything about his background. Like, the one time he's, like, trying... Every time that he starts to get into, like, a monologue that would explain his character's, like, background or drive, he just gets cut off hilariously. Mm. Like, there's this one scene where he's in the car with Stance. Dan Aykroyd. With Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, man, I really love Jesus. He's like, shut up. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Like... Yeah, and uh, he is also, uh, is he the only uh, person of color in the film who has any lines? Well, there's, there's the one maid. other. The maid says, like, what are you doing? And they... She is the only other person, I think, that is black, or really any race that says other a than line. White? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. And th- bear in mind, too, that this takes place in New York City. So, you know. Yeah, the only, uh, like, the only, oh, no, Carl Winslow talks. Oh, that's right. Because, you know, we, we know and trust him. It's so. the 80s, and so there has to be a Carl Winslow <laughs> as cameo. A police officer, as a police officer. Yeah, I, I actually love that little moment. Yeah, but the first two black, any, actually, again, black, but really any character of color that they introduce are both maids. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, and only one of them speaks. It's just, it's very, to me, it's just, especially today, I feel like there's so much better about including a wider variety of like races in films that it was very stark to me. I, mean, I don't know really if we're better, but I do know that people notice more if everyone in your movie who says anything or at least says anything important is white. Mm-hmm. So it would, you know, I feel like today if it was made the same way, it would at least attract comment. Right. You know? I just, they should have cut out the EPA guy and instead included Winston's backstory. Who is this man? Why is he helping them? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, within the context of the, th- the movie, he's just like uh, the random guy who wants a job. Right, but they just, yeah, they never give him any personality. No background, yeah. The other three guys, you see them working before they start the business, yeah. Um, he just immediately is like, oh, I'm one of the team now. There's no, like, transition process. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It and felt you don't, like there you was... don't see him busting ghosts a lot. You know, he's barely in the montage. Yeah, he, he deserves better. He's a good character. Right, he just um, seems thrown in. Underused. Yeah. So, interesting thing about that character and... I could be wrong about this. I'm pretty sure I've heard slash read. But um, this movie went through a few iterations of what the cast was going to be when they were planning it. And one of the more interesting ones was that the character of Winston was originally supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy. Oh, interesting. Imagine how awesome that would have been. Right. And I can't, I don't know what it would have been, but I can't help but think that if Eddie Murphy had been that character, it would have been a larger role. Yeah, it'd be like more of like a Beverly Hills cop. I, I you could of... easily see him taking it. Yeah, over yeah. And I wonder too, I mean, just so you have the Eddie Murphy and certainly the Axel Ro- Rose, Axel Rose, <laughs> the uh, Axel Foley Beverly Hills cop character. <laughs> yeah. Combine that on screen with the Bill Murray Venkman character. Right. I think that could have been really good. Yeah. But would it have been too much? Like, those are too... Venkman's very understated, but it's still a very, like... I feel like big is the wrong word, but it's... It is a role that attracts a lot of spotlight. It would be just kind of... It would be a different movie. It'd be like a buddy cop movie where there's just two characters as opposed to four. Core four. Those two definitely probably would have elbowed out the other two. Right. That's fair. But you did like Egon. You said you liked him best, right? Yeah, if I was... I mean, I'm thinking about that this because I watch Stranger Things and there's a whole scene where they're fighting about who gets to be Venkman. Well, it's interesting you bring up Stranger Things, actually, because... Uh, early on in the film when we got to one of the hauntings and there was all the ectoplasmic goo mm-hmm. the thing you said was it's very stranger things yeah the gooiness right well that sort of for me part of why I like doing this and what the idea behind it is is to show people the original sources of things that they may have seen referenced in other material and stranger things is Stranger Things is great, but one of the things that it is is a vehicle through which a lot of 80s references are made. Right. And so it was interesting to see you see the thing that was referenced in another thing Mm -hmm. and talk about how it reminded you of the the referencing thing. And it was just like it started to be this collapsing feedback loop of like reference in my brain. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, So that was kind of cool. Can we talk about ghost blowjobs? I wrote that down. Yeah, so uh, another thing that has not necessarily aged very well is the infamous ghost blowjob. That, uh, it, it's it's a thing people remember about this movie. 
Yeah. What did you think, Erin? What did you think of the ghost blowjob? It kind of fell out of nowhere. Like, it, it right? brought it up to a level I didn't know we were there. Well, also, like, these are professional ghost catchers. Like, why would a ghost be giving him a blowjob? Yeah, there's a lot of questions Was I she have. trying to buy her freedom? Was she trying to say, like, <laughs> please don't arrest me and put me in your, like, tank? Was she trying to, like, suck out his soul? Oh, like some kind of succubus? And yeah. he's like, oh, this looks like the place where I would do that. Was it just a wet dream? I feel like probably it was just a wet dream. <laughs> it was just a wet dream. And it was just being informed by the things that he was up to. But so he's fantasizing about getting a blowjob in that case from a ghost. Which might explain why he's so into ghosts to begin with. Right. It's and not really about the science them. for him. It's he's always... just sexually attracted to ghosts. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's always been his thing. Hmm. Yeah, well... That brings me to a, a just a question, actually. Mm-hmm. So, they had never seen a ghost prior to the ghost they see in the library. Right. Okay, so... And then, of course, I was going to ask you, like, why is this all happening right now? But then it's explained by yeah, the Yeah, sort of like the, the building the time, power of the... The building... The gozer. Sure, sure, sure. Ritual or the, Whatever the gozer's it is. coming. They're very straight-faced. Like, the whole movie... Yeah, they're Nothing never... Surpri- and that's, like, also probably why it does... I don't in, um, I don't interpret it as a scary movie because... They're never scared. They're never scared. They're always so straight-faced, just like, huh, well, look at that. Yeah, they're never really very thrown by the fact that they're seeing ghosts. In fact, I wrote down one quote from Egon, right? That's his... The nerdy one? The nerdy one. That's Egon, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thoughts. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> You are? Yeah, but to be fair, like, <laughs> it's fine. the it's, deadpan it's... scientist thing mm-hmm. is his joke throughout the whole thing. And I guess Venkman's, too, is that he has this, like, inappropriately low-key reaction to basically everything that happens. It's just a character trait that they all share. Like, none of them, they all seem just like, huh. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, true. Which is fine. It's just, like, an active, it seems like an active choice that just, I noticed. Well, Ray, I guess, is a little more. A little, like, but not. Enough yeah. to kind of balance. Well, you know, it's the, so you're right. And I guess it's because, you know, with the idea of this film is not to be a scary movie, but more like, you know, the, they're exterminators. You know, they, they don't view them as terrifying, you know, Friday the 13th style, like slasher monsters that are going to kill them. But they're like roaches that they have to. Right. Know, we got to lay down our traps. And then mm-hmm. we gotta, they're like a pain in the ass, if they're anything. Right, right. It's like, oh, God. What is it? We got a level three, you know, right? A level three Slimer up in here, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. It just seems. I mean, it's fine. It, it's just a little. It's a little scary at the end when all the ghosts get loose and you got the skeleton driving the taxi. Right. I that... thought the skeleton driving the taxi was scary when I first saw it. That's fair. It also, I guess, maybe it reminded me of. Um, did you ever watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, I loved that show. There was an episode of that where they get in a cab. And the cabbie is dead, and like his head spins all the way around to say something to them, and I always thought that was terrifying. So cabbies, any kind of scary cabbie, good to know, has a strong impact on me. Yeah. All right. Did you have anything else that stood out to you about the movie? I'll I'll throw in a few other dated things that I saw, which included how young Larry King is when he shows up in that movie. That's fair. Um, let me uh, think about. There's oh. certainly other things I wanted to mention that I noticed. I noticed, too, that Dana referred to her refrigerator as an icebox at one point. I noticed that. Um, I would like to say 
the vortex fridge was one of my favorite parts. I did not expect it, so it was really fun when she opened her fridge and it was like this vortex. Mm. I'd say that was one of my favorite parts. Um, Bill, just a lot of things about Bill Murray making me uncomfortable in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it, it. It's funny watching him voraciously hit on Dana Barrett, and she keeps being like. No, I'm not interested. It's not working on her at all. Yeah, at one point, oh, I have the Louis, the Louis C. He pulls a Louis C.K. on her a little bit. Oh, I also, this isn't really part of that, but a thing that I noticed. So when Dana's possessed, he knocks her out, calls Egon, and says he's got her uh, doped up on 300 cc's of Thorazine. He has not gone home in between <laughs> being there and coming. He hasn't come back, so that means he arrived at her apartment with <laughs> 300 cc's of Thorazine and a, and a method of administering it, like, in his pocket. What was going to happen on this date? That's a great question. <laughs> what he I don't know. He makes me very uncomfortable. Unless it was in her medicine cabinet for some reason. Like, where do you get Thorazine? Oh, speaking of random things I noticed, uh... By Sigourney, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's uh, bed. Yeah. She has a younger picture of herself. That's what it appeared to be, yes. I don't Why? know. Is that like a thing people did in the 80s? They just had younger photos of themselves on their bedstands? It could be that that was the apartment she grew up in. And you wouldn't move that? You just would want that next to your bed? I don't know. There's no one else in the photo. It's just her. I know. I, well, who knows? I mean, maybe it was a photo of her sister. There's never any reference made to a sister, but it could have been anyone. Maybe maybe it's an ex-girlfriend. Okay. Maybe. I think it was clearly her, younger. It did sort of look like him, <laughs> clearly her, yes. Anyways, it's just weird. Um, yeah, well. Okay, also her apartment is very nice. Okay. Yeah, it's very nice. It's a nice building. She must make a lot of money as a cellist. Seems like a good job. But that is that apartment is worth a shitload of money now. I'm sure. Yeah, it's on the Upper West Side. And then and she just wrecks it. Well, Zool wrecks it. It's really it. not her fault. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. But, you know, I just... At the end, when it's all trashed, I'm always just like, oh, what a waste. I think... Sorry, I'm just back to Bill Murray again. I'm like, I think I would have been more compelled by their relationship if he didn't, like, really stand out as, like, a sleazeball character in the beginning. Well, and then there was nothing kind of, like, special that, like, distinguished this sort of flirting with the other flirting he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have felt more invested in his, in that relationship, if that were the case. <clears throat> he also isn't really, he isn't a valuable member of the team in terms of the science. Right. He's valuable in that he's got a lot of, like, personal charisma and force of personality to keep moving the group forward as a leader mm -hmm. but you know you know egon and ray are really the science guys right you know so it, uh bill murray doesn't really bring anything in that regard he's you know he gets called a fraud in the beginning and he doesn't even really argue he's it like, yeah. and he is a sleazeball throughout the whole thing yeah did you get any sort of feeling that he was a charming sleazeball because that's what he's going for, I know right? that's like, what he's going self -aware for. Self-aware sleazeball. Like, yeah, I know I'm sleazy, but I'm so upfront about it, you can't help but be won over. You know? Does that work at all? A little bit, but certainly, uh, I, I just, I put myself in um, Sigourney Weaver's character's position, and I'm like, ugh, go away. Mm. Well, that's how she reacted to him for most of the movie, too. 
basically until, until he, he gets famous. Oh yeah. We had such differing reactions <laughs> to how it came about. I'm like, yeah, honestly, that gold digger just wants to get in on his fame, and you're like, he just kept coming and coming and coming until she couldn't put up with it anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, what does that say? So, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much my reaction. Do you yeah. have any other questions for me? A couple. So, one, how much did the hype that this movie came with affect your opinion of it as you're watching or after like you know do you think the hype affected how you saw it or what you were expecting no i think i understood the hype that especially just because it's such a um such a mo- like a monument from the 80s i don't know if monument's the right word but like i don't know i can see buying all the toys it's very franchisable Mm, yeah i mean as i said before the toys for ghostbusters were really awesome right you had all their equipment you had like the ekg meter and or ekg whatever kind of meter it was but uh, and the best ones though were the proton packs you could get they were like backpack toys that you put it on and it had like the the stick for shooting and like it created like a little light on the wall yeah i mean i I get that it's so cool it's all very fun. My parents never bought me the Ghostbusters toys. They were always too expensive. But when I went to other kids' houses and they had them, first of all, that's how you know they were the rich kids. Because mm. they had the Ghostbusters toys, oh, including the Proton Pack. Oh, my God. Uh, but I always liked going to those kids' houses. Sure. you know, want to play with that stuff. Um, okay. And um, so I get the sense that you enjoyed the film. Do you feel like this is a movie where you just had to see it at that age? No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, I'm excited to see the second one. I feel like I'd be interested to see what they did, what they do with those characters. Because I feel like the characters have now been built sort of except for Winston. Mm. And, you know, what are they going to do with that sort of dynamic? There's there's more to say. Mm. I don't think that, no, I just think it's different. I think that I have a different reaction but i don't think it's a bad reaction i mean it's not a bad reaction it's i liked it well then i guess that brings us into our final question it feels like you're leaning one way so was this movie better late in that you're glad you've seen it and it was a was a good film or never and you can interpret never in that not just as a category for i didn't like this but maybe you could interpret it as being this is a movie that if I went through the rest of my life never seeing it, that's okay. I, I'm i going to lean towards better late than never. Uh, specifically because it's kind of fun almost watching these movies that are so dated in some ways. Yeah. And kind of analyzing... How times have changed. How times have changed through that. And what so. would be appropriate in a movie now. Right. Yeah. I actually use that kind of as a marker for history in a lot of ways, so... Hmm kind of fun to watch movies from the 80s in general (laughs) yeah well cool then uh i guess next time we'll have to get you back to do ghostbusters 2 okay sounds good all right well aaron thank you very much for coming thank you for having me and i guess if i just have one last question before we go it would be uh aaron who you gonna call (laughs) ghostbusters ghostbusters